Welcome brides and bridal biz besties to the Pick a Seat, Not a Side podcast, where we unravel the secrets to a bride's dream wedding experience and empower makeup artists and hairstylists to take their businesses to the next level. I'm your host, Patrice Williams, and not too long ago, I went from being a stressed out, overworked, and underpaid assistant director in higher education to being the owner of a thriving, multiple six-figure bridal beauty business. I'm here to share the lessons that I've learned and the wisdom that I've gained working with both brides and freelancers from lots of trial and error, mistakes, losses, but also a good deal of wins. So I'm so grateful that you've tuned in to the Pick a Seat, Not a Side podcast, where we are covering all things bridal and beauty. So grab a snack and pick a seat, but not a side. Welcome, welcome to the first freaking official episode of the Pick a Seat, Not a Side podcast. Yes, we did the intro and yes, that was, you know, a quote unquote real episode, but I'm just so excited to like get into the meat of the stuff. And that is what we're here to do on this episode. So this episode here is going to be tailored to the brides specifically. And we're going to talk a lot about how to pick your wedding vendors. There are, especially in 2023, especially with so many people pivoting from nine to fives and opening up their own businesses, there are tons of of options, no matter what vendor you're considering, whether it is wedding planner slash coordinator, photographer, hair and makeup, florals, all that good stuff. There are literally hundreds upon thousands of options in each category. And sometimes it can be super, super overwhelming. And You know, I am personally involved in a lot of Facebook groups for brides as someone that's getting married in 2024 and just someone that is a vendor. I'm in so many groups and I see so many brides post, hey, looking for a recommendation on a photographer, hit me with your recs or looking for a recommendation for hair and makeup artists. Tell me what you got. Tell me who you used. And yes, that's great. And there is nothing like getting a recommendation from someone that you either know or are connected with or someone who's been in your shoes before. However, I think what we are not considering is that, all right, you post, you get 90 comments with 90 different recommendations. Now what? So I am here to lay out a process that is going to take the overwhelm out of it. It's going to allow you to make truly aligned decisions and not decisions that are just like, hey, someone recommended them. Because let's be honest, not everybody is going to be a match for what you're looking for on your wedding day. Not every vendor is going to be that perfect vendor for you, even if they do great work. There are definitely other things that we want to consider before we're actually committing to a vendor. Because A, it is not a cheap decision. B, you have to really consider, is that energy that I want on my wedding day, is this someone who I can truly feel connected to, who I can truly see as part of one of the most important days of my life. So I'm here to lay it out for you. I'm here to make it easy for you. And then at the end, I will tell you all about something that I put together specifically for you if you are in the vendor selection process that is going to take 100% of the headache out of it and allow you to make an informed decision based on what is aligned to you and your partner. 
I want to start off each episode just creating a very high frequency and establishing just a really good vibe. Like I mentioned in episode one, some things will be, you know, a little bit more of a hot take. Some things may be unpopular opinions. Some things may come from a viewpoint that you may not necessarily agree with, but At the end of the day, everything is discussed with the intention of learning and with love. So that being said, whether it is a solo episode, whether it is a guest episode, we will always, always, always start the episode with something that we just felt really, really great about. Something that I'm feeling just phenomenal about this week is having a vibey workspace that is like 100% tailored to me. Um, when I started the first pilot episode with the introduction to the podcast, I was just recording it on kind of like a catch-all desk. And this catch-all desk is the desk that the TV in my workspace sits on. It is the desk that I do my nails at. It is the desk that I take notes at. Like it is really just like an all-purpose desk. And I wanted a nook that is 100% dedicated to me getting work done, whether I'm answering clients, putting schedules together, doing client phone calls, recording the podcast. I wanted just a dedicated space for that. And I have finally created it. I have my laptop, which has always had a pink glittery case on it. I have my keyboard that has a pink cover on it. I have a desk mat that serves as a mouse pad as well. That's like this pink gray rose gold vibe. I went to Bath and Body Works. My space smells good. I got, first of all, let me just tell you, the walk in the woods candle from Bath and Body Works is like the perfect summer to fall transition candle. It is everything. And when I go into Bath and Body Works, I am someone who's like, look, if these three wick candles are not on sale, they just don't need to go home with me. But this is one that I paid the full price for. And I even got just like a, um, I want to call it like a gold and white stand, stand, I guess that's what you call this thing, a gold and white, um, like container, like ornament for the candle to go in. And it is just going with the overall vibe of like, what feels like my higher self, like this feels like a good bougie six figure workspace and I'm 100% here for it. So this week my workspace has been just making me feel really good and I feel like when you love the space that you're doing work in it allows you to get more done. Especially when things get busy it is peak fall wedding season and we're working Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday it restarts admin and Tuesday through Thursday is essentially just getting prepared for other weddings. When I'm working, I just really need a space that's going to make me feel like, yes, I feel good here. I feel good about the work that I'm doing. I feel good about getting a lot of work done. So my new Vibe workspace is 100% a vibe for me. It is something that is making me feel fantastic. I feel fantastic here. It smells fantastic. And I'm just 100% here for this ish. So that's a little bit about what is making me feel phenomenal this week. Let's get into the meat of the stuff. 
All right. So like I said, I am just so excited to share a proven formula about how to pick your vendors without feeling overwhelmed, without feeling stressed, without feeling like there are all these options in front of you and you're just kind of like, what the heck do I do with this? So first thing that we're going to do is we're going to establish a budget. Now, when a lot of people hear the word budget, especially when it comes to weddings, we can either be on one side of the fence or the other, it seems. We can either be on the side of the fence that's like, look, I want to do this ish as cheap as possible, which respect. And then there's the other side of the fence that's like, it is the biggest day of my life, whatever it takes, let's go. Regardless of which side of the fence you fall on, I just want us to make sure that we are being realistic about the budget that we're creating. And I know when me and my fiance were planning our wedding, the day after we got engaged, we're like, all right, well, how much are you good for? You're good for that much? All right, great. How much are you good for? All right, I'm good for this much. Okay, let's make it happen. As we were starting to look into vendors and venues and things, we're realizing that I think we might need to be a little bit more realistic about this because weddings are no longer just this like $20,000 event. Now, can you do a wedding on a very minimal budget? Absolutely. If minimalism is your vibe, if a small guest count, something very simple, something very casual, something very relaxed is your vibe, that is phenomenal. But all of these things that I'm laying out are based on the average wedding guest count, which nowadays the average guest count for a wedding is about 100 to 150. So when you're taking your budget into consideration, we do want to think about guest count and we do wanna think about the overall wedding vision. Are you looking for something that, like I said, is a little bit more minimalistic, a little smaller? Are you looking to go balls to the wall? Are you looking to have like a six-figure, super luxurious experience? Are you looking to have something that's a little bit more relaxed in the backyard? We really want to start to hash out the vision and the guest count because that is what is going to dictate what a realistic budget is. And after you've established what budget is going to work for you, the next thing that you want to do is allocate from that master budget, start to divvy up what budget you want to allocate per vendor based on that master budget that you've established. Because what will happen a lot of times is you have your master budget one of the first things that you go look at is a venue and then boom, you've now blown at least two thirds of your budget just on the venue and now you're starting to nickel and dime other vendors. That's gonna put a lot of stress on you. It's gonna turn a lot of vendors off. So to avoid that from the beginning, allow yourself to really say, this is how much I want to spend on the venue. This is how much I want to spend on a photographer. This is what I'm looking to spend on hair and makeup based on that master budget. And you may see that, hey, we over budgeted. We might be able to cut back a little bit. Or you might say, "Mm, I think we need to boost this budget up a little bit. And either one is okay. So after you've established your budget, the next thing that you wanna start to do is do your research. This is the part where I think most people get this just like feeling of dread and overwhelm because like I said in the beginning, there are so many options to choose from. But 
if you've established your overall wedding vision and you've established your budget, the research part should fall in line with your budget and with your overall wedding vision. Some really good places to start in terms of your research is Google and Instagram, especially Instagram. I am always going to vouch for looking at your vendors on Instagram because this gives you real-time data on A, how much that vendor is working. It gives you real-time data on you know, what other brides are saying, how other brides have looked, other experiences that have happened with this vendor. Instagram is a great place. Google is fantastic too because Google is one of the places that reviews live. And when you're doing your research, whether it is Google or Instagram, I'll also throw Wedding Wire and the Knot in there. But before you run to Wedding Wire and the Knot, I do just want to share some information. So we're going to put a pin in Wedding Wire and the Knot for one second. Google and Instagram are my top two preferred platforms to start to do your vendor research because on Google, A, you get to see who's popping up first and B, you get to see what those reviews look like. So what have other clients said about their experiences with this vendor? And on Instagram, you get to see real-time data on how much they're working, who is this vendor working with, what does their style look like, what kind of vibes do they offer, because I think that Instagram is one of those platforms that has the most relaxed language, so you can really get a feel for the vibe of the vendor, who that vendor is, what they're bringing to the table, and what kind of energy is going to be introduced on your wedding day. And let me just note that on Instagram, Let's let go of the idea that more followers equates to a better vendor because followers do not mean anything. I promise you with someone who has their boots in the industry as a hair and makeup vendor, followers do not equate to talent and talent does not equate to experience. So we don't necessarily want to be paying attention to how many followers this vendor has. We want to be paying attention to what kind of experience is this vendor going to offer me? What kind of vibration are they going to bring to my wedding day? Yes, you absolutely get to see the quality of their work if it is not super heavily edited, but we'll talk about that at a later date, but we just get the most realistic feel for who that person or who that vendor is. My next recommendations for research, yes, I'll throw Wedding Wire and The Knot in the mix, but I just want to make sure that I'm very clear on why Wedding Wire and The Knot are not my first choice. Now, I know that you can filter out by budget. I know that you can filter out by location and all of those things are fantastic. But I have a little secret about Wedding Wire and The Knot and you can do with this information what you will. Now, Wedding Wire and The Knot has this thing set up for vendors where if you get a certain amount of reviews in that year, in that calendar year, they will give you an award of on Wedding Wire, I think it's called like Best of Weddings. On The Knot, I think it's called um, like the Hall of Fame or something. Either way, you will get an award if you collect at least five reviews in that calendar year. Now, do not quote me on this. Do the reviews have to be all five-star reviews? I'm gonna say I don't think so. 
And after a certain number of years of you collecting, and I want to say it's five years, after a certain number of years of you as a vendor collecting those reviews, they will put you in what is called the Wedding Wire or the Not Hall of Fame. Now, second thing that I want to tell you about Wedding Wire and the Not is that A, us as vendors do pay to be on that platform, but that is not the juice. We have options as to whether we want to be in front of the client's right away, which is called like a spotlight position. And there are only a certain number of those. Then you have the next tier, which is called the featured position. And that's what we are in as MUA Bridal Beauty. That is the category that we fall in. It is the second tier, second most expensive one goes up every year, yada, yada, but that's neither here nor there. And then there could potentially be one more tier. I do not know if that is free or not, uh, because it has been a while since I've had this tier discussion with their team that like helps vendors out. So if you are in that spotlight position, a lot of consumers, a lot of brides think, oh my gosh, these are the best vendors. Now, those spotlight positions just means that that vendor had the biggest marketing budget. So when you're doing your research on Wedding Wire and the Knot, I highly encourage you to go through multiple pages because the first ones that will come up are the spotlight ones. And does it necessarily mean that they are the best vendor? They're very talented. Don't get me wrong. I'm never going to call another artist not talented. I'm never going to call another artist or hair and makeup team or vendor not worthy. However, just make sure that you are doing your research, going through multiple options, going through multiple pages, because Wedding Wire and The Knot will show you vendors based on how much they've paid in order to be shown. Not an issue at all because I get it. It is a business. They have to make money as well. I am not mad at that at all. I just want clients and consumers to know that this is something that exists on this platform. But all in all, whether you're looking through Google, whether you're looking through Instagram, whether you're looking through Wedding Wire or the not, something very important to consider, and this is why we continue to pay to be on Wedding Wire and the not, something that you want to consider is how many platforms does this vendor exist on? Because the more platforms that that vendor exists on, A, I'm going to say the more they are committed to their business. Now, it doesn't mean that someone who is just on Instagram is not a hustler, is not committed, but there's more establishment behind their commitment to their business. You also get a chance if they're on multiple platforms to look at multiple reviews. As you're looking through reviews, you want to consider what are some common themes that are coming up in their reviews? What are people saying about this vendor? What are some things that multiple brides have said? What are good experiences that multiple brides have had? And What are some of the negative reviews and how did that business respond? If they have any, how did that business respond to the negative reviews? Was it a true like, hey, this was not a good experience and this vendor does not offer a good experience? Or was it someone that just was not a good match for them? So we want to see what kind of common themes are coming up in reviews. So after you've done your research and you've gotten an idea of who is out there, what kind of packages they offer, all that good stuff. Next thing that you want to do, if you need to, now we can start looking at recommendations from other people. 
Now, recommendations, I'm always on the fence about them because a lot of times what we see is that people will hop in a Facebook group and say, hey, give me all your recommendations. And then you get, you know, 80 to 90 to 100 recommendations. Because the fantastic thing about brides that have gotten married before and have had a good experience is that they are excited to share with other brides about the phenomenal experience that they've had. And I absolutely love that. I freaking love that about the wedding industry in particular. However, for someone who is getting married and has not had a chance to work with vendors yet, it can be very overwhelming on the receiving side. So I flip flop back and forth constantly, whether or not I'm team recommendations or not. We definitely get a good portion of business off of recommendations and past bridesmaids that are now brides. And I absolutely love that. However, if you're taking the approach of going into a Facebook group or getting recommendations for multiple people, I want to make sure that you get recommendations based on what you're looking for. So I want you to make sure that when you're asking for recommendations, especially if it's going to be in a Facebook group, I want you to establish your budget. Now, you do not need to let everyone know exactly what you're willing to pay because that's essentially no one's business but yours. But at least giving a range is going to be super helpful because some vendors will be 10 times what you expected to pay, but you're going to have to be doing the research on everyone that was recommended in order to find that out. And some vendors may be way below your budget, but how do we know that until we establish that range of the budget? Second thing I want you to note when you're posting is exactly what you're looking for. So what are you looking for out of that vendor? For example, if you're looking for a photographer, are you looking for a photographer that does super moody lighting? Are you looking for one that does super bright lighting? Are you looking for a photographer that's really going to help you with posing? Are you looking for someone who's a little bit more artistic? Are you looking for someone who's a little bit more traditional? Those are things that you want to note when you're looking for recommendations, because again, not everyone's style is going to be for you. What you're looking for may not be what a previous bride was looking for, regardless of how much of a great time they had with them, we want to make sure that your needs are getting met too. Okay, so before I move forward and we talk about what to do after you have the vendors that you want to reach out to, I just want to make sure that I do a little recap so that we are clear on what happens before we actually submit that inquiry to whatever vendor we want to work with. So, Step number one, we're going to establish our budget. Within that budget, we are going to allocate what we want to spend per vendor. Second, we're going to start to do our research. My two preferred platforms are going to be Google and Instagram. Yes, you can absolutely use WeddingWire and The Knot because reviews live there. It's a great review host site, but Google and Instagram are preferred. Third, If we're going to ask for recommendations, we're going to be very specific about what we're looking for. So now that leads us into the actual inquiry process. When you're inquiring with your vendors and they're responding, we want to make sure that our decisions and our initial feelings and thoughts and whether or not we are going to move forward are based on what they offer in their package and not just the price alone. Yes, If the price is 10 times your budget, 
you know that that's probably not a vendor that you are going to end up working with. And that is okay. But if you are starting to receive responses from vendors that are within your budget, let's not just be making the decision based on who is the cheapest. Let's be making the decision based on what is offered in that package. So what do I mean by that? I mean, let's lay out the photographer, for example. Does your photographer just show up for five hours? Do they have a package where they have eight hour availability? Is your engagement shoot included in that price? Those are all things that we want to start to consider with hair and makeup. Does this vendor offer any other kind of services or comps for you? For example, with MU8, we offer our brides a free brow wax, free spray tan. We also offer them a complimentary touch-up kit as well. So given what is included in each vendor's package, we want to start to be making our decisions based on package inclusion as opposed to just based on who is the cheapest out of this range. Because sometimes cheap will get you exactly what you asked for, cheap. A lot of times in our industry, in the hair and makeup industry, it'll happen where brides will be in a panic and they're like, help me. Um, I went with an artist who canceled on me. That's something that we hear a lot of nowadays. I went with an artist that canceled on me. So now I'm looking for a replacement and we're looking to spend around $80 hair and makeup per person. Well, I'm gonna let you know that if you're looking for an $80 hair and makeup service, you're absolutely going to get <laughs> an $80 hair and makeup experience. So let's not be just so laser focused on price that we're missing some other things like professionalism, package inclusion, all that good stuff. Because we wanna think about, yes, how much does this vendor cost, but where is our dollar going to lead us between now and wedding day? Is spending a couple hundred dollars more going to allow me to have a more thorough experience? All things that we wanna consider. The next thing that I want you to do after you've inquired is make sure that you're getting on the phone with each vendor that you choose. And this is something that I feel like a lot of brides will neglect. And even if you are a bridal vendor listening to this episode, and you're not incorporating phone calls with your clients, I highly encourage you, it is going to help everyone in the situation. Your phone call will A, allow you to do, and this is the most important thing, it will allow you to do a vibe check. Because on your wedding day, of course you want the energy to be good, we don't need no drama, we don't need no issues. We want that day to be good. We want that day to feel good. We want the people that are around us to feel good in that day and for that energy to just be circulating. So on the phone, we want to do a vibe check. Is this someone that you can see as part of your wedding day? If it's your hair and makeup team, those are the first people that you see on wedding day. Is that someone who you want to start your day off with? With your photographer, they're going to be with you from the time hair and makeup is done, likely up until the end of your reception. Is that someone who you can see yourself around throughout the entirety of the wedding day? On that phone call, we want to be very clear about 
making sure that we like the person that is on the other end of the line. And vendors, you also want to be making sure that you're on the phone with your clients prior to them booking because not everybody's gonna be an energetic match for you. Now, that's something that I'll talk about in a very vendor-specific episode. However, that phone call is really going to help out everyone that's involved in the transaction. Also on the phone, that's where you get your questions answered. Now, keep in mind that questions do not mean, hey, can I have this for a cheaper price? No, we are not doing that anymore. But questions that are surrounded around the logistics of the day or how they operate or some of their package inclusions, 100%, that phone call is the opportunity for you to get your questions answered. That way you can make an informed decision for yourself. And after all of your phone calls are completed, now it's time to lay your options out in front of you. And here's where I want to talk about what I've created for you to allow you to make a very clean and clear decision on what vendors you are going to want to go with for your wedding day. Now this form is gonna be linked in the show notes and it is for you to print out and lay the information out in front of you. If you are anything like me and you need a visual in order to make a decision, this is gonna be a game changer for you. So I'm gonna do my best to explain the layout without you looking at it at first, but I'm going to tell you what's included in this form and how to use it to make your decisions. So at the top of the form, you will circle the icon that corresponds with the vendor that you're making your decision about. And you can print out as many pages as you need to per the amount of vendors that you are considering. In order to not make it super overwhelming, I'm going to say no more than three forms per vendor. So if you're considering your venue, I'd say only use this form for your top three. If you're considering videography, narrow it down to your top three videographers and then use this form. Because the more forms that we have per vendor, the more overwhelming that it can be. And then we're just kind of like back at square one. So at the top, you're going to circle the icon that corresponds with the vendor that you are considering. Right under that, you are going to list, now this is going to be based on your research or based on recommendations, and this is assuming that you have had the chance to look at this vendor's work. Three things that you love about this vendor is what you are going to list. Then you're gonna take a look at their reviews and list three themes that are repeated in their reviews. And then three characteristics that you're looking for from that vendor. And this category is really going to allow you to start to call out some highlights from that vendor and call out things that are really important, call out things that could be included on your wedding day, and call out some reasons why you might want to work with that particular vendor. Next, you're going to outline what your vendor budget will be. Again, from that master budget, we're going to allocate a specific budget per vendor. Next to that, For that particular vendor, we are going to list what the total package cost will be based on the package that you want for your wedding. Underneath that, we're going to talk a little bit about what's included in that package. So after you've inquired and that vendor has responded based on what is included in their package, that is what you want to list there. 
the next section is dedicated specifically to that phone call that I had mentioned. So we're gonna list the date that you initially contacted the vendor and the date and time that the phone call takes place. And under that, then you have a space to list out five questions that you have for your vendor. Now I limited the question count to five for a specific reason. Your vendor, once they email you back after you've inquired, they should have adequate information in order for you to make an initial decision. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't have questions, but I highly encourage you to make sure that you are reading through all of the information that's presented to you. Most vendors will have some sort of FAQ sheet or some kind of guide based on what other brides have asked in the past. Make sure you're reading through that because after you have reviewed all of the information, once you've inquired and they have responded, that information should be relatively thorough. So if you have questions, ideally, if you've reviewed all of the information, you should have no more than about three to five questions. So you have the opportunity to list out your five questions that you have in preparation for your phone call. And then the last section on the form, on the left is going to say, before my phone call, this is how likely I am to book. One being, "Mm, actually, I don't know that they're for me. Five being, this is my absolute dream vendor. Once your phone call is complete, I want you to reevaluate again. After my phone call, this is how likely I am to book. Once you have completed all of your inquiries in that category, what we're gonna do is we're gonna line those forms up against each other. And we're gonna take a look at everything that is included in that form. So A, what did we love about that vendor? B, what are those common themes that are coming up in the reviews? What characteristics am I looking for? And did they meet those characteristics? Were my questions answered? And then finally, that final section of after my phone call, this is how likely I am to book. That should be, now granted, with everything included, that should be one of the things that allows you to know whether that's someone that you are going to book or not. So this form is really to help you make the vendor selection process clean and easy and not stressful at all. Once we have clear data in front of us on this form, it's gonna be a lot easier to say, hey, based on some of the things that I put on this form, I know for sure that this is my favorite vendor. And it may be close between one or two, and that is okay. It's gonna come down to a gut feeling. It's gonna come down to availability. It's gonna come down to who you really see yourself working with on that wedding day. But this form should take the overwhelm out of the decision because you'll have clear evidence in front of you based on what you said you wanted for your wedding day. So I hope that this information was super helpful for you. Please head on over to the Pick a Seat Podcast Instagram and let me know what your takeaways were from this episode. And if you've downloaded the form, give it a screenshot, pop it on your Instagram stories and mention at Pick a Seat Podcast because I'd love nothing more to know that you're actually benefiting (laughs) from these episodes. And I'm just excited to share in this experience with you too. So until next time, do not forget to pick a seat, but not a side.
Thank you so much, brides and bridal biz besties, for tuning into another fire episode of Pick a Seat Not Aside, where we empower brides and bridal beauty pros on their journey to the big day. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Pick a Seat Podcast for all of the latest updates. And for all the brides searching for their dream hair and makeup team, be sure to follow MU8 at MU8 Bridal Beauty on Instagram, and you can inquire for your big day at www.mu8bridalbeauty.com. We would absolutely love your podcast support, so please be sure to subscribe and leave us a sparkling review if you're loving what you're hearing, because your feedback allows us to continue to sprinkle our magic. But until next time, stay beautiful, my friends, and don't forget to pick a seat and not a side. Me.